Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It's the Mean Green Nation podcast once again. And uh, I'm here. You know, it's funny. I'm just sitting in my room talking. I like to say headquarters. Uh, but it is the headquarters. But, you know, like everybody is kind of just at home now, right? Uh, in this global pandemic. Uh, but this time I'm joined by Mr. Aldo. How you doing out there, man? Good evening. Oh, doing okay out here in my headquarters. <laughs> been here since March. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it, right? Like everybody's just been holed up uh, wherever they call home or close to it. Uh, you know, what's funny is that uh, at my particular place of business, I used to work at a place uh, and they were real cool with like remote work. You know what I mean? Like it, just the nature of the business is kind of a consulting place. And then, then I moved on. I right? got a new gig. And this new place, they were just real skeptical of remote work. But, uh, you know, I tried to, to let them know that it wasn't that big a deal leading up to it. Like, I mean, it's not, you just got to call somebody, right? Just use Skype or whatever the case is. They're like, yeah, but how do you know they're working? I mean, it was just, you know, like all the basic things. That, and it's funny because now they have to, <laughs> now that everybody had to deal with it real quick. And, you know. Yeah, got to uh, learn quickly. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like we've been, by we, I mean like where I work, and yeah. we've been the most productive we've ever been. Um, and not because of, it's more about feeling the fear of what if they think we're not doing enough. And so you kind of overwork and overdo it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, that's, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've, you know, I work in technology, right? So that's always a thing. I've always felt more productive working at home. Like in my last gig, you know, like I said, uh, we had a few days from home uh, per week. So, you know, I think everybody, you know, your first couple of weeks, you kind of figure out what's weird about it. And then the next ones, you, you kind of get in your groove. Um, it's easier because, you know, you don't have a commute. That's great. Right. You're just like, well, your commute is from your bedroom to your home office. Or if in some cases you're just like, ah, let me just pull the laptop out from under the bed. OK, I'm here <laughs> at work. Um, and then, you know, like all those times for me particularly, like, you know, like I know a lot of people are. Uh, struggling through this thing, and I don't want to make light of it and all that other stuff. As for me, my own situation, I'm very grateful for it because I've had terrible jobs that sucked. I like my my gig now. Um, it, it's great because instead of like say during break time when I go down to the to the fifteenth floor and I go, uh, you know, fight with the vending machine and and watch some people play ping pong, uh, I can hang out with my kids. So that's great. You know what I mean, so. As bad yeah, as it's sure. been, I do appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, do I do I feel like I hang out with my kids too much? Yeah, sometimes I'm like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't really care what happened on Bubble Guppies today. <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> I already watched that episode yesterday by myself yeah. after you went to bed. Yeah, there's, there's too many times where like I, you know, my wife walks in, she's like, "Are you just watching Bubble Guppies?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> she put it on, and I, I was, <laughs> I just. It's a two-parter, okay. I thought she was coming back. <laughs> well, just don't change it. I need to figure out what's going to happen here. Um, so anyway, all that leads me to uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we got some college football back. Last week, there was a game. And, uh, I mean, we can talk a little bit about that before we get into, like, a preview sort of of SMU. We can talk about SMU. How did you feel about the opener? Let's recap that. Now you've had a week to chew on it, right? So, Yeah, I had mixed feelings on it. I, and I'm sure everybody else was feeling the same way about how good the offense was. You know, it, it may have had its its slowdowns here and there. And, and what were we expecting after Mason Fine graduated? And and I was expecting good things from Jason Bean. Like I had said, you know, last year is he could throw on the run. He's accurate. Um, Oni was the, is the wild card there. And I liked what I saw from him. He's a, he's a good backup. Um, obviously the, the, the running backs looked awesome. You know, we were all fans of, of, uh, Tory and, uh, we got six back and, and then we've got Isaiah Johnson and, and we've got Oscar Attaway. So, you know, I can, I can talk about the offense for a long time, but, <laughs> but obviously the defense is what worries me. And it's a perennial conversation we have, uh, regarding the defense, you know? Yeah. So. I think it let, – let's let's go ahead and speak some blasphemy here, right? Like Mason Fine was a good quarterback, right? But by no means 
was he the greatest quarterback that's ever been or anything like that, right? Like, it's very possible that Jason Bean... Shut your mouth. ...could exceed his abilities, right? Mason Fine. Like, he was tough, Mason Fine, he could throw. He had some limitations, right? Uh, for North Texas, for me, he's the greatest quarterback in North Texas history, uh, just in terms of, like, production. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, you're like, well, did he win anything? Well, it's a team game, right? Teams win things. Uh, Mason Fine did not play on the defense. So uh, teams win things quarterbacks uh you know produce offense uh, and he was the most productive quarterback that we've ever had by far and um and he reminded me of tony romo in a lot of senses you know not just his, his the way he played but but a, a lot of the flack he got for losing the games like he said it's a team game and yeah. as good as he was statistically and uh, out on the field as a as both a general as a player and uh, a, a team guy um you know he can't do it all no, and so, um, you know, that brings us to to Jason Bean. I like the dude. It seems like he, I mean, he throws a good ball. You don't need to be a perfect quarterback. Uh, let me let me kind of step back. Uh, I think when we're looking at a, the kind of quarterback we need in this offense, uh, mostly you need about a quarterback that can do 75% of the things that are required, right? Can you throw it? here can you read the defense can you check out of a bad play can you check into a good play can you uh you know get everybody on the same page execute the offense all that kind of stuff right the extra 25 percent it's not even really extra the 25 percent that's left over is the stuff that determines a uh, a great quarterback like a hall of famer quarterback you know that kind of stuff and i don't think you can expect that from anybody right those are i don't even think that some coaches know that their guy can do that kind of thing, right? When it's the fourth quarter and there's two and a half minutes left and your guy, you know, he's been hit eight times and he just needs to make a play, right? And you're just like, I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's do some mesh again and see what happens. And he checks out of the play or he calls the play and then he makes a, a hell of a throw and puts it right where it needs to be put. That's the great quarterbacks, right? A regular, regular ass quarterback is just gonna call the play. I'm like, oh well, you know, nobody was there. I, I did what I was supposed to do, and you're like, well, yeah, you did, and that's it. <laughs> we don't know where Jason Bean is in that in that continuum. Um, he hasn't had the repetitions. He hasn't had the chance, the opportunity to succeed or fail. Right? We don't know yet. Um, I think he's good enough. He has the speed. He has the arm. Um, you know, I think Austin Ani. He can maybe chuck it prettier. He's played baseball, man. Anybody who played baseball should be able to throw the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it's all those other things. Um, between you and me, I think that it was one of those things where uh, coach is like, hey, let's, let's just say it's a competition, but it's really been going to be Jason Bean the whole time. I think it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Jason Bean looked solidly the starting quarterback of the team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, we are bringing in play, the same kind of player, uh, same kind of quarterback, uh, the the running QB, that, so we can do the read option, which we tried. And uh, both of them are fast. They can run it. Baseball player and, and only in track star with, with Jason Bean. Um, but but the the composure and the the poise that that Jason Bean has is a little bit a little bit more refined than what Aoni's got. He's got a better throw. Uh, they're both very aggressive, which I like. And, you know, Jay, being through an INT, but that was a, a freaking uh, hey, Odell you, Beckham interception. You can, you can call it a intercept. You can call it interception. Yeah. You don't have to say. Yeah, INT. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like whatever, I, I think the, the other compounding or confounding, you know, variable here is the fact that, uh, you have to get two quarterbacks prepared. Like, you know, I, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it now more than ever. You have to get more, you know, more people prepared. You never know. Look at Texas State the, uh, last weekend, right? They had their dude. Was it Brady McBride? Uh, I feel like I, just, I watched so much Texas State football. It's, it's stupid. I know all their guys <laughs> now. Um, but Brady McBride was a dude all the way up until Friday night. I think it was like at midnight, and they knocked on Tyler Vitt's door. Uh, and they're like, hey, buddy, uh, guess what? You're going to be the starting quarterback tomorrow. He's like, oh, um, you know, so I think you need to get everybody the reps, right? Everybody's doing that. So I don't think it's weird or doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any heavy significance that we're like, yeah, one of these two guys is going to be the guy. 
I think it's generally good that you have two guys that can start, but if you have two, then you don't have one, right? I was, I think that's true also. Uh, mostly because you're second guessing yourself, right? You're just like, oh, should I call this play? This would be a great play for number two over here. Let's bring him in and let you know what I mean. So I think it, it just gives you more focus if you just have one guy and you know what you're going to get at that that position. Yeah, and I think we're 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 not used to having the talent that we've been bringing in lately, uh, the past few years since Latrell got here. Um, you know, we've we always talk about, or at least I always talk about, if you just have an average QV in conference, you would say you can make a bowl game. Um, yeah, yeah but, you, but you hate bowl games, right? You say you think they don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I hate them. Um, but um, I, I totally agree with you there. But yeah, if you don't, not to belittle the league, but there's only one or two good teams. So I agree with you, right? And those one or two good teams, you're not necessarily going to compete against them. You know, because your schedule is filled with the other teams, right? You just need to be better. Like this, you need to have a better quarterback so you can compete with, you know, UTEP, which is terrible, right? Which is like imploding, and eventually they'll just be the Sun Bowl. Then you're like, "Where's UTEP?" And they're like, "They don't exist no more." You know, uh, well, we got this great stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the thing. So I, I totally agree with you there. So do you feel like we have an above-average QB then? I think so. I mean. It, it, going back through the history, it, it, you know, kind of what I was trying to get to is that, um, you know, not really knowing what what a average QB looks like or an above average QB looks like, you know, if if you have Derek Thompson as <laughs> as you know your benchmark, and I'm talking, I'm giving him a compliment. I, I'm not saying he's like below average or average or whatever. You know, he brought great memories for the program. He took us to a bowl game. You know, that's awesome. And but we didn't have much to compare with, you know. We were pulling back from from memories of uh, '80s or, or whatever, and and now we we're bringing in a, a Mason Fine, a great QB, a fun QB, and then we've got Seth Luttrell. So we had a good combination of of coach and coaching system and uh, uh, QB that all of a sudden we were, were breaking records, which were really just paltry records, and they should have not been that bad to begin with. Um, and again, we're not knocking down Mason Fine or anything that anybody's done, but there wasn't. That we finally have a true benchmark where we have room for growth, and we want to see what Jason Bean can do. And I think, at the very least, Jason Bean looked like last year looked like a, a, a at minimum average QB. Yeah, I think you know I always try to set that expectation. I I feel like that's kind of there's like a, a I want to say a mission statement. But just kind of a theme for MeanGreenNation.com. It's just kind of like, hey, let's have an intelligent conversation about this thing, right? Like on game day, when I've had a couple beers, I'm going to yell at the TV. I'm like, oh, God, come on, man. Throw it deep. That's the fun part, right? But, I mean, you know, later on or whatever, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I don't want to criticize them like an idiot, right? Because I'm not an idiot. Yeah, and I think the people that read this site and consume the content – or not idiots either. So, I think what is it was it um, when we when we got Seth Luttrell and we were talking about air raid. I kind of wrote a post and I was like, basically, this is what you can expect, right? Like, here are the first year air raid kind of dudes. This is what like an air raid kind of quarterback produces. Like, not even good ones, right? Like, obviously the great ones are like Graham Harrell, right? Which re- rewrote the record book. Um, What's the other dude? Uh, the the dude from Kansas City, uh, the Chiefs. What's his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I can't believe I'm blanking, blanking oh, on his name. Pat yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. Ridic- he threw it for like 700 yards in a game. Uh, those are like the extreme, this is a great guy, right? But Mike Leach just rotates quarterbacks through. And you're just like, it's kind of the system. Yeah, it's a little bit of the system. He allows you to play well. These guys are good quarterbacks, and they would you can put them in any football system, and they would be a good quarterback. But because the system allows you to do, you know, to have more freedom and stuff, it's like James Harden. He gets to shoot all the time. He scores a little bit more points than he otherwise would. That doesn't mean James Harden's not a good basketball player, right? You can get anybody and kind of run that system and they'd excel a little bit more than they would be. But James Harden makes it, you know, uh, uh, that much better, like Hall of Fame level or something. So same kind of deal, right? Mason Fine was a pretty good quarterback. He was a good quarterback, especially for North Texas. Best quarterback we've ever had. Um, but if you look at the numbers, right, uh, an average, you know, you spoke about average. I think an average 
air raid QB over 11 to 12 games is going to go, uh, it's going to throw for like 3,000 yards, about 20 plus touchdowns, right? Somewhere in there, 20, 25. And, you know, five to 10 interceptions. And I think you'd be like, wow, those are pretty impressive numbers. Like, compared to, to when, uh, back in the day when they ran it 65% of the time, they're going to break that record, right? But uh, if you go to Texas Tech, you're going to be middle of the pack. If you go to what uh, Washington State, middle of the pack, uh, or maybe below. That just you know anywhere that they've thrown it around a lot in New Mexico State, they used to throw it around like La Tech. They used to throw it around. So uh, you're not going to set any records there. Um, and so when, when we when we're looking at the numbers, right, we we got to say, okay, what can we expect from Jason Bean if he's average, like you said. 3,000 yards, 20, 20 or so touchdowns, right? 20 plus, like 20 to 25, uh, and then like five to eight interceptions. That's average. So if he comes out and throws 30, and I think Mason flying through 30 in his junior year uh, or whatever it was, or like 29 or something like that, then you're like, hey, that's pretty good, right? If the system will get you two touchdowns and you got four, that extra is you. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like the, uh, what is it, the, uh, like, running the 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 offensive line yards and like advanced stats if you say hey three to four yards is what the line gives you and a great running back will get those three to four yards that the line gave them and and, uh, an excellent running back will get the rest right they'll turn a eight yard hole into you know a 50 yard touchdown uh where an average guy would be like yeah well you know he got he got the five yards he took what was given to him so for me that's what i'm looking at if uh, Jason Bean can produce that right every week, two uh, two fifty to three hundred yards, that's a that's a solid day for a a spread air raid QB. Um, you know, a touchdown or two, that's part of the game, I think. Um, and then anything else beyond that uh, is good. And then you know, like sixty to sixty five percent, that's pretty average. If he goes above that seventy sixty nine percent, seventy two percent, then you're like, okay, this guy. This guy's legit. That's pretty legit, yeah. And the added advantage for Jason Bean is that he is fast. He is legit fast. So that's another dynamic that we're, we're going to see more of than we saw in the past because while Mason Fine had wheels, he mm-hmm. wasn't a running QB. He was more of a Tony Romo get-out-of-a-bad-situation <laughs> QB. Yeah. And uh, Jason Bean will have designed plays where he is going to be given the opportunity to pass it or throw it. Uh, pass it or throw it. <laughs> Pass it or or keep it or hand it off. And he'll and throw it or he'll toss it <laughs> or he'll wing it down a field. <laughs> Any of those things. Uh, we're here all day. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just just supporting your point. I think he had a uh, a play like that where it was pretty much sack time. He escaped. He rolled out and he chucked it deep. Um, you know, like those are the extra plays that you get when you have a quarterback like that, right? Average guy. He can avoid and rusher, right? But then, uh, you know, you know when it was UTSA. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the thing is that like, uh, <laughs> um, like Tyler Vitt, right? You look back at the Texas State game. If, if you watch that Texas State UTSA game, uh, he was gonna be in the spot. He was gonna move like two steps left, two steps right. But that was it. That was the the extent of his mobility. And you know what he did was just kind of chuck up hopeful balls to his receivers like come on guys somebody catch that so he threw for like 400 yards or something like that but a good portion of that i'll say like 60 percent of that was just great plays by his wide receivers and so if you say hey well what if that was a uh, i don't know just jason bean austin ani for that and he could escape he had that well, let me use a terrible word escapability um then then you know Maybe you can call some more plays. Maybe, you know, you driving down the field isn't, like, so dramatic. It's pretty easy. You just walk up and down a field on a UTSA. I don't know. Um, let, let's put a, a pin in the quarterback discussion because I think we're going to learn a little bit more against this uh, SMU defense. They're a pretty good defense. Um, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge than Houston Baptist was. Uh, a lot of these dudes are just running free against Houston Baptist. So, um, you know. It's going to be, you can throw up a pass to Jair Shorter and say, go make a play. Um, uh, Jalen Darden's always going to be open somewhere. Um, and, you know, you're hoping you get something out of the other side and say, hey, look, uh, Deontay Simpson, I, I believe, you know, I think he can get open. 
Um, but those are good. if they can, if they can beat those corners, good things are going to happen. And then everywhere else, you know, we have playmakers that run it back. We talked about that. I think we can score points. We need 27 at least. That's what we need. But the defense, you mentioned the defense. Um, how did you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I know what, you know, we communicated privately. You know what I uh, thought about it. If you listened to last week's show or you read the, the post-game recap, uh, the summary, um, I saw some good things. The overall numbers look terrible, but I see them progressing, and so I'm understanding. How about you? Um, maybe to answer your question with the offense, is maybe I think the offense needs to score more like 33 to 35 points. Uh, to win a game and this this defense the talent the individual talent that we've been bringing in is really good um if you've been keeping track of recruiting uh the overall talent has been awesome um especially around the defensive back position we've been bringing in the those hybrid type players to to implement into the system and they've been good picks but they're young now uh there's been one game where they're needing to to mesh together uh, they're going to need more than than that. They're going to need more than two games. So it's going to be a while until we start seeing some some results of of good attacking um, and good good defensive plays. Yeah, you know, on offense. Well, let me just let me just mention. I think if we score twenty seven, you can say, well, the offense did its part, right? And but I think yeah, against SME, we're going to probably need we're going to need more points than that. But um, uh, yeah. On offense, you just really need one guy to make a play, right? Everybody could miss their blocks, and if you got Barry Sanders back there and he he jukes everybody, uh, then you have you have six points, right? Uh, on defense, you need all eleven guys to execute because if one guy makes a mistake, it's touchdown time. And so there's there's more room for error on offense. Uh, you know, like Baylor used to have a a, a route where everybody would stop. Uh, pretty much including the the offensive line and the quarterback would just chuck it to one guy it was a one guy route they would just chuck it deep um that you know that's because that's all you need right you just need one guy to go make a play um i thought you might i, I highlighted this play in like the recap but we went up against a quarterback who's experienced right the houston baptist guy uh i can't think of what's his name nappy or something like that uh i can't remember um that dude's experience he's you know he's thrown for like four thousand yards in his career or something like that something ridiculous and um he was unfazed by our attacking stuff he was like throwing little brett Favre lobs over people you know what i mean it was great he was yeah. the exact quarterback to make us look bad uh and on top of that we were we had some some mistakes in there but those are those are correctable things it wasn't like man they got blown off the ball and in a one-on-one foot race this guy's getting smoked. You know what I mean? Like it was none of that. I, I understand that, but taking that talking point and flipping it back on you is that yeah. next week we're going up against Shane Bouchelle. Yeah. Who would be a more experienced, more polished quarterback than, than this guy. Well, yeah. And then, uh, was it Roberson to do the, the receiver out Richie there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had, I mean, my, my point is that like, if you're like, Hey, we played an FCS team and they sliced us up. Uh, holy crap. Right. I would say uh, it was kind of like the, the Incarnate Word game where we played a good quarterback and they had talent. They ended up slicing up everybody that they played. Uh, you know, like it's a good team. You have to give them credit. Yeah, the, it's what worries me with, with SMU is that Shane Bichelle is an experienced quarterback. Um, you know, he, he's not going to get phased by some, some you know, uh, basically basic schemes. You know, you're going to have to – you're going to have to – confuse him and that's going to be difficult because he's pretty much seen it all by this point in his career uh he has a good coach um good offensive coach they have uh they have is like a Rhett lashley or lachey whatever his name is is that, is that their dude now i can't remember i know uh, he he left i think he left lachey? uh <laughs> no not nick lachey. that'd be weird that'd be, <laughs> that'd be great if nick lachey was coordinating their their offense i forget the dude's name i think he might have left i i'm, I'm kind of uh it doesn't matter. They've always had, like, they have an offensive kind of team, right? Uh, Shane Bichelle's a good quarterback, and they have great receivers. It's going to be tough, right? Our corners, uh, we last year's starting corner, they said, let's move them to nickel, uh, which kind of tells you a lot about last year's uh, defense, right? Um, 
we're changing up the scheme and you know you're like how hard is it to make a tackle it's not hard but it's all the other stuff right if you're a split second late uh and again that the example i saw last week where um jackson gibbs was adjusting to some motion that houston baptist did they, they had a running back um you know go from right to left he was on the right side of the quarterback he motioned out to the left side right that's common in in football and it can mean a lot of things right maybe they're going to swing it out there and and the receiver is going to block and so you got to step up or something um but typically the rules like everybody has rules about what happens when a running back motions and it kind of changes your assignments right if that that running back becomes a receiver who's supposed to guard him if you're like in man or even if you're like a matchup zone your rules change and whatever the rules were under refit they're different now under um clint bowen they may not be super complicated but that little thing thing when you when you see it happen if you don't immediately know what to do right like without even thinking if you have to stop and process a little bit you're like oh wait hold on he's a one now so that means i get everything if he if he continues vertical but if he breaks it off then he gets it then i continue this other one right if you just have to even think about that in uh, longer than it than it takes to just kind of snap, then you're in trouble, and that's what happened. Um, I was it uh, I forgot who it was, but he motioned. I think it was Larry Nixon. He kind of did a he kind of did a point. He was like, "Hey, motion, everybody, remember the the change." And Jackson Gibbs didn't remember the change. He followed the wrong guy, and he was like, "Holy crap!" And then he adjusted, but by the time he adjusted, the guy was open down the seam, and all that took one and a half seconds right snap look look throw the ball and he was already correcting his mistake but while he was doing that the ball was being caught he tackled him and you're like oh man how did we blow a easy seam route that's simple some motion confusion get beat up the seam that's that's the margin for error exactly and, and a guy like shane Michelle, uh you know he's not gonna he's not otherworldly he's not gonna destroy sing, uh, north texas single-handedly but he's if it's a tight game it's third and ten. He's going to com- he could use that to his advantage and convert that on an out route or what have you. Uh, he's got accuracy. He's got poise. He can he can make those those plays that can be become backbreaking. And and you saw that against Texas State if you if you were watching the game. Yeah, and um, um, again SMU is really good at make you know causing confusion. Um, what was it? it uh, I saw something last week where it was the same kind of deal where they just had a, a back go in motion and you can see all of texas state adjust right just everybody just kind of moving towards the guy the way you're supposed to everybody started flowing left the receiver runs a deep post and now he's open right because the other safety was a two deep safety look the the second safety that would have been in the area started stepping up because of the guy in motion he's like what if I, i gotta fly there my rules say that i need to go forward on this guy uh, so he starts running forward a little bit, uh, but then he just chucks it over the top of him. Um, so we got two two pronged problem: is that they have talent, and one on one they're going to be threats, and two they have uh, you know they have good scheme, and so they're going to find weaknesses in our scheme and exploit them. So it's going to be tough, and I think a lot of the answer to that is we got to get to the quarterback um, on crucial downs. Like all that said, North Texas has been okay and pretty solid at stopping even some good offenses on first and second down. We've been terrible at stopping good offenses on third down. You know when it matters, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like you said. It's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be an easy win. If we win it, it's not going to be because it was it was uh, an easy win. Um, the We've got. They've got. SMU has some weaknesses on defense that we'll be able to exploit uh, on with our offense using our shifty running backs. Uh, but you know, we attack on defense. We attack on around the outside edges of the offensive line, and we expose ourselves over the middle. And we saw that happen with with the uh, Houston Baptist quarterback. Is he was able to step up through the pocket and throw. A lot of people were saying that he was you know throwing past the line of scrimmage, but he he took a whole bunch of steps forward to to, to throw the pass and. You know, the, the middle area was just kind of empty, barren wasteland. Uh, so that's something we have to watch. And, and you know, and something that definitely that SMU has been watching. So we'll have to see how we adjust, how they adjust. But but 
it, I think it'll be a, at the very least a fun game to watch. And I think I've said that quite a bit in, in years past. Yeah, you know, that's something else here, right? Like, I, I've been talking about it. I talked about it on the Conference USA Report podcast also, is that I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of it too, you know, like a win or a loss. You're like, well, so what does this mean for the season, right? Like, let's go to Aldo. Aldo, tell me, what is this win? You know, like, um, and basically focusing – not even being entertained by the game sometimes, right? And I think North Texas fans are especially um, uh, guilty of this thing where you watch something happen and you're like, people are like, I've read people's complaints like, oh man, I can't believe we're just like those Texas Tech teams of old. We're scoring 40, but we can't stop nobody. Uh, instead of saying, you know what? Uh, it's pretty great to score 40 points. Uh, it's pretty great to uh, see some guys, you know, throw for 400 yards and, you know, a couple touchdowns. Uh, because I remember I was at my first game watching the North Texas team. We scored two. It was two points. <laughs> and that was it. And, you know, like the next week we scored like 10. You know what I mean? It was just not fun. It was like a lot of three and outs, like run a couple times into the line, try to throw to Johnny Quinn. Let's punt. You know what I mean? Like I watched a lot of punting, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's not to say nobody wants to watch a losing team. And watching a winning team is fun. For me, like watching the evolution of a program, all those challenges, right? Like, okay, how do you develop, uh, you know, a Jason being into a good quarterback? What are the right circumstances? What do you say to him? How do you coach him up? Right? How do you deal with the pressure? All that stuff is fascinating to me. Um, and so I, I enjoy watching that kind of thing. But I know if you're a more casual dude and you're just like, all right, I just kind of want to see some entertaining football, uh, well, you're going to get that. North Texas has put up some entertaining teams in the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, we haven't been able to stop anybody. And, you know, I think that's the part where, you know, an informed fan, it's your duty to reach out to the less informed guy and say, hey, you know what? This is part of the process. Like, if you want to watch something, you know, fascinating, let's watch them get better, right? Because this is a new scheme. They're trying some new things. So let's see. If they can do it, right? That's the journey. That's the drama, the arc that we're supposed to be following right now. I think one big positive here is that on offense, we're not teaching anybody how to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, Luttrell <laughs> has been an offensive coordinator in the past for North Carolina, the last stop. Uh, yeah. and, and he was good there. Um, he likes to run it. We've got, we've got the means to run it. Um, and we're going to, if you like Smash Mouth football, which I like, I enjoy, I, I love the air raid uh, uh, style of play. But when we have a good running team and we have a stockpile of running backs, I think it makes it so much more fun to watch. Um, and and Latrell is a, is a good play caller. A, a lot of positives last week on, on, on offense. Um, but like I said, defense is, is growing pains. You got to be patient with, with how these guys are, are learning. Uh, adjusting to the speed of the game and you know we've had we have good enough underclassmen on the outside at, at, at cornerbacks um at both sides that we they were able to push out the, um you know cam johnson they pushed him out to like you said they pushed him out to the to nickel and yeah. uh jackson gibbs out to nickel as well uh, jackson gibbs already kind of played a like a safety hybrid role there's going to be a lot of those guys that are safety hybrids uh, excuse me the, the outside corner guys um a lot of the role is going to be, from what I could tell, um, is kind of like a like a cover three or cover two. They're they're supposed to just kind of read, stay in space, and then fly up and make tackles. So I think that's mostly what we're looking at for them. Whereas, say like uh, 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 I can't get Nate Brooks and uh, Kimon Hall, their job in Rapid System was like you got to guard this guy one on one, right? No help, go do it. Right, go make a play. Uh, I think and it helped them be NFL caliber corners, right? They they made at least a practice squad and Kimon Hall is playing. So, you know, kudos to them. Um, but I think, you know, there are weaknesses, trade offs in all of these things, right? And that's part of the that's part of the chess match. Um, if you have guys and you're like, Hey, look, these corners or these, you know, players that I have you know, these guys are good in, in coverage and, like, zone coverage, but this situation calls for a man. What do you do? Do you stick with what they're good at, or do you call a play where they're not so good, right? 
uh, in that Texas State game, I think the the announcer kind of he made that comment. He's like, "Hey, Texas State's been playing zone all game, but they switched to man, and on that one play, Frank Harris like rolls out, throws a touchdown." Um, you know, like that's a fascinating choice. Like, what do you do in that situation? Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned um, the Houston Baptist guy just kind of escaping and finding vulnerabilities in the middle. Well, what if the game plan was like we really need to shut down their outside guys? And well, we think we can live with him throwing over the middle here, but then that that that's being exploited. What do you do, right? Do you say okay, let's completely change our game plan, or make a minor adjustment, or or what? Like that stuff is fascinating. Um, I think in this game, you know, just playing, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, amateur defensive coordinator. I think we got to get to Shane Bichelle which is uh, it's pretty much defensive coordinator one-on-one. We've got to get to the quarterback. <laughs> got to stop the run. Um, but, yeah, I think it's more better. Yeah, that, that's the thing. The thing is, like, okay, how do you get to him without uh, breaking contain, right? Don't let him break contain. So when you're designing your, your pass rush, you design it in a way that doesn't give him a contain. That's why you, you, know, you get a lot of outside pressure, force him to step up in the pocket, and then you're like, sweet, I just so happen to have uh, Dion Noble in here, and he's going to eat up anything inside, right? But if you're, um, if you're SMU, you're like, hey, look, North Texas is going to try to get to Shane Bichelle, right? So what we'll do is, you know, and that's your counter. Same thing, you're, defensive, you're the defensive coordinator for North Texas, Clint Bowen. You're like, all right, we're going to bring some pressure. Uh, the counter to that is going to be probably some quick game, right? Maybe a draw, something quick, something like that that we're, we, we're not. We got to be ready for that. So I got to go tell my guys that. But you can't just tell them everything. Like, hey, here's the whole history of football and pretty much every possibility that could happen. You just really got to give them something that they can execute, right? Because you're not going to be able to play fast. Like, look. If something else happens, we'll deal with that then. But here's where you need to be great at, right? You need to be, we're playing a soft shell, a soft, uh, you know, cover two. You got to be able to make tackles, right? Because that's where you win the game, right? It's like, you know what? We didn't hold them to zero yards passing, but we needed to win situations. We needed to make a tackle. We can't give up the little things, right? Um, Maybe they just make a great play. They throw it up and Roberson just makes a one-handed grab and outruns everybody cool <laughs> yeah don't well, let and, don't and, let the third string guy do that to you right that's where you, that's where you can't lose yeah, go ahead. and you brought you brought up a good point about about winning situations and and i think that's where smu has the advantage um both because of uh, not not really because of skill or talent but because of experience um talking about smu offense versus north texas defense and, and i think that's where, where we'll lose the game is is situationally uh being more aware uh, if they, you know, Sunny Dyke styles something up, being able to respond and react um, um, to that to those situations. Yeah, I mean that's that's the concern, right? How do we? I'm trying to look for our, the thing. We are 14 point dogs. It's going to be 80 degrees. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. We are uh, we be North Texas are just not really there. You know, Bouchelle did throw two interceptions, right? He will throw an interception. Um, that will happen. I think a couple of things have happened against SMU past few seasons under uh, Dykes and under Chad Morris is that, you know, we haven't had success against them, you know, pretty much uh, in that time. But we were able to get to their quarterback. Like, Chad Morris is a good offensive coordinator, right? You know, he, he's at Arkansas now. We ended up beating him over there. Got a little revenge. Uh, but remember that? Yeah. Uh, we've, we've been able to get to the quarterback and we've been able to get stops. It just, we have been terrible, absolutely terrible on third downs. And some of that was our scheme against their scheme. They like Chad Morris in particular, like say, Hey, let's force everybody to come up and stop this run. And we'll chuck it up one-on-one to the outside receivers. Right. Whereas Refit was like, hey, we're going to bring exotic blitz packages and we'll, you know, protect against the pass with our one receiver, uh, cornerbacks. So it was, in theory, strength against strength, but they were just winning that, right? They had Cortland Sutton, you know, he tore us up. They had like 400 yards one game or something like that. Um, so it didn't work out. Uh, Sonny Dykes last season, they kind of walked up and down the field on us. Uh, I think... 
our offense was supposed to be a, a lot more explosive than it was. And, you know, we, we won't get into the, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, it be? I can't, I can't remember anybody's name right now. It's too late in the evening for this. Uh, but last year's, uh, offensive coordinator, um, he, Graham Harrell. Oh, 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 uh, Brody reader. Brody yeah, there reader? you go. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say breeder breeder. Yeah. <laughs> Bodie, uh, you know, like we can talk all day about his flaws, but that team started out slow, like pretty much every game. Right. And, um, I think that was the difference in that one. It was going to be a shootout. We thought so. We knew that was going to be the case. And we were just not ready. We didn't bring enough bullets to the to the shootout. This season, we're going to be iffy on offense. Uh, you know, we're not as explosive. We don't have the full tool set. Uh, you know, whereas Mason Fine had seen it all by that time. Right? He's been he'd been in every situation that you could be in a, in a, in a uh, you know D one quarterback situation. You know, like career uh he'd been close games he'd been in blowouts he'd been in you know outmatched situations been in all jason bean hasn't been there like you said and that's where we're gonna we're gonna suffer so we're not gonna be able to keep up step for step unless we get some amazing plays like somebody just needs to make a play make a play that shouldn't be made well and and last year we we, it was our first year without guyton and without eventually rico bussy yeah and that put a lot of pressure on the young receivers. Um, those those receivers, we're bringing a lot back. A lot of them are starting again. And and we're seeing guys like Jerry Shorter, Austin Ogomackin. Uh, I, I won't name all of them, but but it's just... Deontay Simpson, Jalen Darden, the <laughs> Darden Burns guy. Yeah. The little guy. Yeah. But then, you know, last year you think, okay, well, who's the other guy? Oh, Michael Lawrence, the other little guy. Um, <laughs> but you've got size on the outside that we hadn't had before. Uh, you know, Rico Bussey wasn't huge. He could, he was, he's a good football player. He wasn't huge. Um, Guyton wasn't huge guy, uh, but we've got tall, rangy guys now, uh, uh, multiple of them uh, that can, you know, snag passes out of the air. And you saw that happen against uh, Houston Baptist corners. And you know, again, they're, they're FCS corners, but but at the very least, the the receivers were making plays on the balls where they were uh, grabbing that. Uh, being one was putting them where where nobody else could get it. And they were snatching him out of the air, which was a far cry of what we were watching last year, especially against like a what was it, Cal, where yeah. where you guys were just dropping balls, not playing the right plays, and, and a frustrating mess all around. Yeah, so uh, we can kind of touch on a little bit. Um, I think that's another aspect where we just have better talent in those spots that that we didn't have. Like first year, I remember we played uh, who was it, Abilene Christian or something like that. And it was like Mason Fine's first time. We went down and scored pretty easily. I think Jeff Wilson scored. I think I still have that drive, the video. Um, and in that game, there was a whole lot of throwing it up to receivers and then guys kind of falling over themselves. And you're like, what What was that about? We're, I think we threw for, you know, like two, 300 yards and we ran for 300 yards. But you could tell that our, our offense wasn't that great, right? Like we're running the plays. You know, you can run air raid plays, but nobody was executing them. Uh, guys weren't getting open even though we had some talent there like a couple of those guys went on to be you know productive later on in the year made some good plays made some good catches like uh i'm thinking of uh turner right um again yeah turner smiling um yeah he struggled early and then he was real productive late right some of that just evolving in the system and yeah like typically your air raid squad you want your outside receivers to be like you said big rangy get deep beat a guy deep um because that forces the defense to change and adjust and open up underneath stuff where you have your darden your mike lawrence etc right what have you and you know also your running backs that's the design of the system you can get just some guys in there to kind of do that but if you look at first year air raid for pretty much anywhere uh especially like mike leach it's pretty terrible lots of yards you know but a lot of poor execution in crucial moments and then you know once everything is humming kind of depends on, on the, the ability of, of the play, the guy to recruit like mike leach is proven now like when mike leach goes somewhere you know right you can say hey look graham harrell uh michael crabtree uh the washington state guys have been there You're like he does it I, I don't need to be convinced i know i will go and throw for a billion yards there right that uh, was it gardner Minshew, right all these guys nfl dudes have gone play so it's not like a, a secret when he was first starting out at texas Te- uh, texas tech he was like trust me it's gonna be good and they're like mm, i don't know buddy you know 
North Texas, is, it's not so much the, the scheme, but it's like, I don't know if you are going to be good here. And also, I don't know if North Texas, right? That was kind of the early recruiting thing. I think they did a great job of getting talent in here. Darden, you know, he's in, he's a senior now. Uh, and, you know, he's had 12 touchdowns last season. He's a playmaker. He can get the ball. He can go score. Um, Shorter was a, a little disappointing last season, but towards the end, middle of the way, he found himself. Was it? He had like three catches, three touchdowns against Charlotte. That's ideal, man. He looks dangerous, right? That's that's the guy you want. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. We have the tools now. Everybody just needs to work together, and we kind of figure that out. Uh, Mason Fine couldn't start as a freshman on this team right now, you know, and that's a good thing because Mason Fine started as a freshman <laughs> his first season, right? Yeah. I completely agree with you on that point, and that's not a knock on Mason Fine. No, but it's if not. Yeah. Got in a good established system. You don't want your QB unless he's, you know, Tua or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, you don't want him starting right away. That that means that your QBs that you have are not good, and you have a freshman beating everybody up. Um. Anyway, I could talk about that for a while. Yeah. Um. So all right, we can kind of get into some predictions, I guess. I don't think it's going to be I, – I think that 14 points is pretty pretty generous to us. Um, SMU, just watching it, it's hard to gauge how good SMU was or how good Texas State was. Uh, Texas State was impressive against UTSA. They're on their way. They're doing some things. Uh, but kind of mix it up in there is like the fact that like almost nobody can practice. You're not getting the same kind of repetitions, uh, and coaches are kind of thrown off, so they can't really – you know, do the normal thing. Well, big credit to, to Texas State's defense. They were flying around and hitting hard. They were excited to play. So that was fun to watch, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to benefit SMU a little bit more to having, having played a team like that than it did, you know, North Texas playing a Houston Baptist team that they could, you know, yeah, just kind of run around. That yeah. <laughs> That was that. That was was running through my mind. Is 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 it was it better for SME to have played Texas State or for us to play Houston Baptist? And you know, I, I thought it was a push because because um, SME was able to get some good reps in and, and figure out what their weaknesses were were right away. Um, but I think I think North Texas was able to shake cobwebs off without you know affecting their psyche or anything. They came out with the win and it's a positive and they're excited about it. And now they're going to play SMU coming off of that win. Uh, while SMU had to fight off Texas State and fight off that loss late in the game in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think the the Texas State uh, boil, uh, blueprint uh, was, hey, get to the quarterback. Again, it's simple. It's like, hey, you know what? In basketball, I think if you score more buckets than they do, then uh, it's going to get you a win there, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious what the, the plan is. But like, if we can't get to them, I think, Bouchelle. Yeah, that'll be telling. Yeah. That'll be telling. Bouchelle will give us a, an interception. He'll give. He'll throw up an interceptable ball. Right. The key is to make to be close enough in the game is to make that interceptable pass one be intercepted and two come at a crucial time. You know what I mean? Like make it mean something. Right. We're close enough that hey, you threw a, cr- a crucial interception allowed us to go win the game, uh, and not like eh, well they're up two touchdowns they do a pick in the fourth quarter it's over. You know what I mean. Um, yeah, there's definitely going to be some situations where, where, you know, our defense is going to execute. He's going to, he's going to have to throw balls away or, or, you know, it's going to, they're going to hit the ground, but there will be one or two plays in the game where, you know, you've got a guy going <laughs> on, you're doing an out route to the left side, to the far side of the field and he throws it right to him and he's wide open. No. Uh, but hopefully we can, we can limit how that will hurt, hurt us. You know, I'd rather that happen on their side of the field rather than to get into to the red zone. Uh, did you go to last week's game? And will you not. will you go to any North Texas game this season? Uh, you know it's a tough call right now. Uh, I've been tr- trying to do my best to social distance. Um, yeah. If I go, it will be as a spectator, not in in the press box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most most likely. Yeah. Um, so so we'll see. I, I don't know. I I'm still mulling it over, but you know I want to do what's best for for me and my family. Yeah, I'm I'm on team just play conservative, right? Like I it would be great to enjoy it, but 
I don't want to be dying on my deathbed. Like, well, at least I got this. You know, that, that's not how I want to go. Uh, you know, like we beat the spread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Green Nation headquarters is, as I always say, in San Antonio right now. And uh, you know, I always make a make it a point to go out to the North Texas UTSA game, right? Because I'm like, yeah, it's at the dome. It's a big, you know. I'm not gonna go it like unless they, you know, cure the thing, you know, in the next week. I I don't think I'm gonna go to that one, even though it's at the end of the season. Just I'm like, that's a enclosed space. You know what I mean? I can see that you're like, hey, look, you can go out there to Apogee, sit at the corner, right? Like at the little the the little pico up there, right? The little point, the Eagles wing. You're probably gonna be okay, right? Nobody's gonna be doing any COVID coughs on you right there. But what concerns me is like I got kids. And, you know, they always got to use restroom and they're not real good at uh, wearing masks and stuff, you know, so. Run around uh, touching everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, they're pretty good. I, I, I took my kid and we went at Lowe's and, you know, uh, she's only two and she wore a mask and uh, I was I was impressed by the whole deal. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like say I'm not going to risk it, right? I'm not going to. Like, hey, that was a great way, way, to, way to execute there, but we're not <laughs> going to run that play every time out, right? So, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I don't know. So, what do you expect expectations for the season? I know we don't have a whole lot of time on the show left. So, I think I think before the season, I had predicted like a like a three and eight. Yeah. Uh, after watching the first game, I'll probably readjust, but I don't know what that is yet. I'll have to watch real game, watch you know a game against SMU to really get a feel for for what we can do in the season. But I was probably being very pessimistic before the season started. Yeah, I'm I'm more bullish on the defense than than I was, and a lot of that, at least for me, was the fact that a lot of the same guys are returning, and I didn't think that last year's squad was that bad in all the spots. They gave up some big yard games, and you know whatever. I think some of that is like motivation, situation, just whatever. Um, but like, it's not like we don't have talent, right? Uh, I think our middle linebackers are good. We're gonna struggle on some scheme, but I think I mean again. We play like a UTEP. UTEP is awful. Uh, you know, UTSA, they can run the ball a little bit. But, you know, I think uh, their quarterback was 21 of 28 and for 139 yards. You know what I mean? Like, they're not throwing the ball deep. I, again, I think it's important to remember that Houston Baptist's quarterback was a good quarterback. You know what I mean? He was willing to throw the ball around. And not everybody we're going to face this season is like that, right? Um, there's some weaknesses. There's some gaps. And there's also some some COVID possibilities like Rice hasn't even practiced, right? Uh, I don't even know they're gonna play a game. Um, you know, yeah. Did they postpone games to like, and they don't have a a a weekend to postpone it to? Yeah, it's like it's it, it's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. If we play like four games, I'm gonna be like, you know what? That was a great season. They made it four games. Nobody got COVID. Everybody's fine. Nobody's heart is gonna explode. That's Nobody's fine. eligible for a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that that would be fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the whole thing. I mean, I don't know how how um, is it smart it is to play all these things. But I know it's not as simple as like, well, we'll just shut it down. I know people's jobs are on the line. I know that people would really do want to play, and they feel, uh, you know, like they just reasonable people can disagree and say, you know what, we can do this. We can execute a football game and a whole thing without getting anybody sick. Um, and cool. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I think all that's happening for me, there's no point in risking it, right? Nobody wants to see me go to work. So it's fine. Um, and nobody's paying, you know, big money. They're not selling season ticket packages to watch me, uh, do some coding here. So it's fine. It's not the same situation. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to enjoy what we can enjoy, but not make too big of a deal out of it. If we don't get to finish the whole thing. Yeah, as much as I'll miss going to the game. And, and you know, to be honest, Apogee has always been <laughs> an easy place to social distance. Uh, <laughs> hey, no are you over there? You see that play? That was a good play. What? <laughs> Who are you? I'm on the other team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. No, no, we've, we've had yeah. some good seasons with, with good crowds. But uh, yeah, anyway, self-deprecation humor. Um <laughs> I, you know, as easy as it can be to, to because they're limiting the crowds and stuff, as easy as it can be to social distance, I might catch a game. Uh, but I can also sit in my couch and, and, and be fine, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I don't think there's 
Whatever anybody chooses, I don't think that's a bad choice. If you decide, you know what, I'm going to go to the game, uh, you know, whatever, because I got to get out of the house and I just, I will just be extra safe and it's fine. I don't blame anybody for doing that. Um, I I think the places that people are really getting COVID are not at football games. Um, uh, They're at like people's houses, right? I seen somebody in the neighborhood over here having a little little get together playing music all the way until 2 a.m. And I'm like, man, they're drinking, they're getting real real loose with everything. You know, like you're not wearing a mask as much as you need to wear a mask when you're drinking to 2 a.m. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard, heard some stories of people at work like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like my brother-in-law, he went to a party. He has COVID now. And, uh, you know, stuff like that happens. So I, I, I think the research suggests that's the case. It's people, uh, I guess, breaking, I don't want to say quarantine, but breaking social distance rules among their family that's the primary driver it's not necessarily when you go to target or something like that yeah and that's true here in, in denton county that the data says that as well that that most cases are, are uh, uh what's the word um they get it from family members and visitors within the family yeah yeah so i mean you know like go to the game uh but not everybody <laughs> not don't everybody go to the game uh and enjoy it i think uh my prediction i'm gonna just throw it out there I really don't have a feel for this thing. I think we'll be better. I don't think we're going to allow 500 yards in this one. But I think it's going to be a 400-yard allowance in this one. Uh, I'm going to say 42 to 31 bad guys. How um, So you're going over. So so the over-under is 70.5. And I definitely think it'll be over that. Um, yeah. But just barely. Um, I think it could be it could be like a 35 38. I think it'll be a little bit closer. Uh, SMU might take it out by a field goal. Uh, oh man, three. look at this guy. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're making me feel excited for North Texas football. So I think I think there's a chance that we have the opportunity to win the game, but um, because you know uh, SMU graduated a lot of the guys. Yeah, uh, they don't have Prochet. Uh, they don't have the running backs. Um, the running backs right now, they're they're good, they're decent, yeah. uh, but they're not NFL level guys. Roberson is the the big guy. Well, well, they've got other receivers that can make plays. Roberson is the guy that that we'll, we'll see out there a lot. Um, but I think we have the talent offensively to 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 keep it up. One bad thing, uh, it, it's a double edged sword, is that North Texas uh, is built to score quickly, <laughs> which puts it in the defense's hands more often um, yeah more often so so yeah i mean i was you know like i said i was a little bit more bullish on the defense until i saw them against houston baptist i was like oh man they're a little further behind than i thought they were uh but i still think it's going to progress the same way right once you get reps i think everybody's going to settle in if we played smu later in the season like maybe when rice plays their first game in october uh, I think it would be a little bit better. But early in the season, there are probably too many kinks to to work out that I think SMU will exploit those because they're just ready, right? Nobody's going to be phased by it. Uh, whatever cobwebs they had, um, it's not like – they know the scheme. It's, it's just like, oh, I'm just a little late, you know, because I haven't played football. Where we're thinking like, oh, what do I do now? Also, and then shaking off cobwebs. So I think that's the difference in the game. But I I expect to be impressed with both sides of the ball for at least sixty percent of the game, on both sides. Yeah, and, and I'm glad. And to to pull it back more from a thirty thousand foot view is is I'm glad we're, we're we get to play SMU. It's it's while I think they're over, been overrated the last ten years. Uh, yeah, they have. Yeah, they've been <laughs> overrated a, for a, thirty years, man, or whatever since eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but being a local local team. It, it sh- it's supposed to bring a lot of people together. SME never brings anybody, uh, but it's supposed to bring these fans together. And, and I think it being a local thing make, makes it a little bit better. And kudos to SMU and their helmets. They were, they look fantastic against uh, Texas state. Uh, do you like our, our new look? Are we going to wear green? We're going to wear green, the new, well, the new old look. Yeah. I think we're supposed to do the, the flying worm again. Uh, yeah, the, the I mean, classic yeah, jerseys. yeah. I like the classic jerseys, and they said those are going to be our primary ones, and I like it. I like it a lot. I like it too. You know what like I forgot the, to do? Uh, I forgot to 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 queue up. Uh, 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 what's his face? Giorgio's. Uh, you know, I hate SMU. 
you know? Like, if it was between <laughs> us and Russia State, uh, or Russia State and SME, I'm rooting for Russia State. <laughs> That's I don't really hate SME that much, because I'm not a native, what is it, Dalasian, Dallasite, whatever you, what do you call Dallasite? somebody, what do you call somebody <laughs> from Dallas? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you call a Dallas person, but I'm not from Dallas, right? So, like, I don't have that whole history, like, you know, you know, whatever, cool. Um, like I have sports eight for UTSA more than I do, uh, you know, SMU. Like you know, like I sports hate SMU, but I don't feel it. I'm not gonna say the Russia State line. That's not me. It's I don't a different really, level. Yeah, I think that's that old school level. You know, like if you went to college at UNT in the '80s, then you're like, oh, SMU or something, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, when when I went there, like the closest team that we played was like Arkansas State or something like that. Yeah, you know I mean, so it was not. <laughs> It was there's no local yeah. thing. I was just excited. I was excited to play SMU. I was at that 2006 or seven game where we beat them. Um, I was just kind of excited to play somebody you can just kind of drive to, right? Like, or you knew exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I think the whole thing playing SMU all the time is good. I like to mix in a TCU every once in a while. That'd be great. And uh, you know, even if we're well, we supposed to bring, oh, uh, who were we supposed to bring that that canceled on us or postponed, quote unquote? Was it Cal? Yeah, Cal was supposed to come through. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, aside from that, like the the big schools coming through, um, just local ones. I think that's good. Like I, I said, you. yeah, I, I was hyped for UTEP. Uh, was it what are they called? Uh, UTSA and Rice, and you know, to be in our our division. I'm like, you get to go to these ones that people know who these schools are. Uh, it's drivable in the in the gigantic state of Texas. All of it's good. Uh, I like to mix in a Texas State in there. I don't know why we haven't got them on the schedule. Um, you know, apparently we played Texas State a lot in our history. Like, let's mix it in. San Marcos is yeah. a good. The program's nice. The stadium's nice. Everybody likes San Marcos. You can go to Austin and go hang out. I just I don't really see the big deal. But yeah, yeah. I think and I'm as I'm talking, I'm I'm googling it. Uh, but I feel like we we played them a lot in the past. Yeah, like a crazy the, amount. Yeah, like there's like a in the seventies or something like that. They were playing like every week or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even hate a Sam Houston State FCS game. Like mix that one. I mean, we played Incarnate Word, cool. But uh, you know, like Sam Houston State is not a bad program. SFA, let's mix them in. We already played Abilene Christian. Yeah, and and they've got big um, fan bases as well. So they'll, yeah. they'll bring a good crowd. And, and here real quick, um, our record against Texas State is 29-7-3. and Hey, all right. Whooping them down. I mean, like, I think those are good. And especially now, right, in the time of COVID, uh, it's important to, to, to kind of take what you can get. And uh, I think a little local interest will kind of boost up the local ratings or whatever. Um you know, I don't yeah, know. it's it's hard to travel right now. I mean, uh, me and my wife are about to celebrate a ten year anniversary, and we were going to go to Australia over the summer. That yeah. got canceled. <laughs> now, even trying to fly somewhere cheap, which you know, we saw tickets to to fly to New York for real cheap in yeah. October, but you have to quarantine for fourteen days, and so the, <laughs> it, know, can't you can't, a, it can't be it can't be a work. weekend trip. No, it's like well, you got to take a month <laughs> exactly. and a half off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I think a drivable game is good for everybody involved. Uh, it means you stay out of an airport. Just the whole deal, right? You can just get a bus. You're, you're, you're there. Um, I don't know. I kind of missed that uh, that A&M game. That would have been fun. This, hey, yeah, I was yeah. planning on going to that one, you know, whatever the outcome was, but yeah. local, fun, SEC. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh Everybody, I guess we're going to wrap this up now. I just kind of end on a on a quick note, just just abruptly. Um, I just saw that the Dallas Stars are going to the Stanley Cup final. It's weird in September to have hockey going mm-hmm. on, nice. uh, and the NBA finals getting ready to start. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, shout out to uh, everybody who listens every week. I know there's a lot of you that are like silent listeners. Uh, I know a couple of you like came up to me at the airport like, hey, you're the guy. Whatever. I, you know, I'm going to tell a story real quick. One, one of my favorite stories to tell uh, is when uh, they had the coach's caravan. And I'm talking to Seth Luttrell there and just kind of whatever. Uh, the crowd in San Antonio wasn't that big. One, because they picked a weird day. And two, it was like a weird spot. But anyway, we made it. And I was talking to Seth Luttrell just kind of like, hey, how's it going? You know, whatever. And, he's like, and then someone comes off to the side. Like, hey, are, 
you you're you're Adam, right? And then like Seth the Child's kinda like looking at me like, Is this guy trying to talk to you and not to me? <laughs> I was like, Hey, he's like, Yeah, you're on the podcast. I was like, Yeah, hey, you know, and shook his hand. So he's kinda looking at me like I'm supposed to be you paid celebrity. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that that's kinda fun. Uh but yeah, I know a lot of you listen and I do appreciate it. Uh we appreciate it. Yeah, Aldo, I know you appreciate it. Well, Aldo's a little aloof, you know, he's like I'm flying to Australia and stuff. Fancy <laughs> get I'm there. <laughs> he doesn't have time for his little people uh you know but <laughs> we appreciate it and uh you know i just wanted to note that uh again and uh ladies and gentlemen have a good week we'll talk to you sunday uh, at least i will i don't know how to schedule right now uh we'll yeah. kind of sort that one out um but yeah we'll talk to you sunday recap the game uh i'll write up, i'm gonna write up a preview this week uh, and then we'll have a game recap. All the usual stuff. We'll be watching the game, tweeting about it, the usual thing. Um, Aldo, where can we find you on this great big old internet of ours? You can either find me on Twitter at Aldo Avina, A-L-D-O-A-V-I-N-A, or on Instagram at Nerdy Golfers. What? Yeah, me and my daughter are signing up golf. <laughs> Speaking of fancy. Yeah. Uh, we're going to golf. We're going we're gonna to document it. How far into that journey are you? Uh, Elena had her first lesson. My daughter, she's eight. She had her first lesson this past Sunday. Dang. Does she have... Uh, who has the bigger handicap? <laughs> uh, well, right now, uh-huh. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's, so you're just I won't gonna... say that number. It's a very big number. <laughs> you just, are you just playing a, a, a putt-putt? Is that what it is? <laughs> you're just like, how about you <laughs> come over here? Sir, come over here. You're going to play this putt-putt. With me. <laughs> uh, Get off cool. of that window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, y'all, y'all can check them out there. Uh, all that other good stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go mean green. Go mean green. <laughs>